and we're back um, with Mike Ambler, finance guru. Um, at one time, like world level powerlifter. Yeah, did a little bit of that, getting back into it. So yeah. Yeah, you were like um. I like, really, really strong yeah, I did. back in the day. I still am pretty – it's kind of funny. I got my 18-year-old who, full disclosure, you know, six foot one, 220. Big kid. I mean, rugby kid. player, football player. Football rugby. First team looks all, like all state academic. I mean, looks he's, like he's that kid. He looks like a serious defensive lineman. Yeah, he's a handful. And uh, he started working out with me recently. And, he, you know, you don't really know how to work out at 18. You, you go in there, you throw around weights, and – I'm getting back in shape, and he started working out with me, and he got humbled his first day. He figured out old man strength is a real thing. He uh, he was humbled. So, but didn't I see that he um, got the squat record? Uh, at power Hope? clean, yeah. He just power broke the broke the power clean record, and he's he's at a big high school. Oh yeah, yeah, not a, a big, not big, a big massive school. Yeah, yeah. So he's big pretty deal. strong kid. Big so. kid. And then I um, just to talk about great things because the number one thing that for me. Is relationships in the car business. Yeah, yeah. And there's only a certain amount of people that you communicate with yeah, on a sure. consistent on, on basis. Yeah. And here's the thing, like Mike and I, it's not daily or weekly, you know, but it's um, we don't talk for a year sometimes. Yeah, it's okay. You know, yeah. but when we do, it's like yeah, nothing changed. Nothing changed, right? Yeah, it's it's usually just a, a, a we have this um, thing where we know we are 100% positive that um, eventually we will be living under bridges and oh. walking on skulls. 100%. How, like how long have we talked about Terminator? Like they're Terminator. Here. They're here. It's here. It's happening. Yeah, I remember when Sky I said Net. that to you for the first time. And it just got off the cuff. I say a lot of things off the cuff yeah. that get people to laugh. And I remember, because that's what I remember about Terminator. If you, you know, as a kid, you just, I remember that opening scene where dudes were running around, stepping on skulls and hiding under bridges. And I'm like, that's where we're going yeah. in, in the world. It's crazy. And you said it to me in what? Well, I said it to you, and I, you never, to this day, you still say it. I back. say it all the time. We, all the time. So for 20 years, yeah. we would we have sent Terminator related videos or pictures, pictures or, or scenarios, yeah. right, of yeah. real life things being built in this country or, or going on in this uh, world. One step closer. Well, um, so real back to CSI, yeah. right, yeah. and um, it, and how the manufacturers do a really good job of tying this to the dealer, yeah. and really, it's it's to not pay the dealer. It is, and, and you know what CSI the problem is, it, it's all or nothing. It's not a yeah. true index. You know, every other index in your world. You know, if, if you are 90% plus, I mean, that's an A. I mean, in any category of school you want to talk about, heck, they weight schools now. I mean, wasn't the city of Baltimore had zero kids that are proficient in reading? Or math. Yeah, or math. math. It was, it was yeah. Baltimore, zero percent. And I think, I thought I heard it, Chicago end up coming out like yeah. basically the same way. Basically the same way. So imagine that your business, a, a large portion of money of your business is based off being perfect. Not 90%. Not up. nearly. A hundred percent. So it, it's it's either a hundred or a zero. There's no in between, and therein lies some of the problem. Is you spend half your time educating people on what that means. I have always been of the the firm opinion: if you're buying the car from me, I'm an eighty percent, or you wouldn't buy it. Like I've bought some cars from dealers that you know I buy weird cars. We all know this. I'm yeah. I'm a weird car guy. What do you got out there right now? Uh, just my Jeep. Yeah, yeah but it's but well, it, it's always had fast cars. I've always had fast yeah. cars. Well, too. but I, mean, I hadn't seen your Jeep. Recently, I, well, I, I saw it online, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I hadn't seen oh, in person, it. Person, it's a different animal. Well, what's what I what's what I knew your Jeep would be mm-hmm. would would is would be the real thing. Yeah, oh yeah. It would not be a parking lot princess. I uh, know it's beat up. Yeah, if you yeah. Look so, at, but but yeah, not only that, 
the quality oh, yeah. of the build. Yeah, you got to do it right. Yeah, it, it's you not it's not you know the the, the 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 lifted Jeep you see that everybody else has. No, I, di- I didn't do it with a couple buddies over a case of beer. It, it was built by a professional. Yeah, it's it's uh it's legit. Yeah, it does the deal. It does yeah. the business. So, yeah. but yeah, CSI has been a real a real problem for me. I mean, again, I think if someone's buying a car from you, they're you're you're probably eighty percent in their eyes. Sure on a grading scale by doing nothing other than they've bought the car because you've given them the experience enough to where they'll say they'll buy the car. The problem is you get held hostage by somebody that knows how it works. I mean, look at the society we live in now. If you scream loud enough, you become famous. You know, if, if you make enough noise, you get the most views. And that's what people know. They know if they, hey, if you don't uh, provide me another key that I knew was not part of the deal up front, I will hold you hostage over this, this service. So now you have to pay $300 for a key when that person straight up knew they were not getting a, a second key. Now, that's, okay, fine. I'll take care of your key. B- buyers are liars. Well, t- yeah, to some well, extent. It, I mean, it, yeah. It's, it, I yeah. learned that a long time ago, oh, and it's gosh. a true statement. And it got it's gotten really, really hard for dealers during this social media review stage of the business. Yeah, you know. Um, because um, it's the one business that people, um, when they sign a contract, literally – don't care that they signed a contract. No, th- it means nothing. I mean, I've always had a famous saying, and I'll say it a billion times more. At what point do you own the car and we don't? It's yeah. the moment you sign the paperwork. So anything we decide to do that we did not put in writing as part of the deal is goodwill at that point. And if the first words out of your mouth are, I will never buy another car here no matter what you do. And I'll be honest, I haven't heard that in years because of where I work. We just we do things the right way. But when someone says to me, I'll never buy another, how encouraged am I to help you? So I have to retune the way I look at that person and go, listen, I'm not required to do anything. So anything I do is out of the goodness of my heart trying to make you happy. But if no matter what I do, you're still going to be upset, I'm going to do nothing. Well, I learned from somebody that I respect dearly um, about um, taking care of the customer mm-hmm. after the sale. And um, and taking care of somebody who, like, let's say they want to bring the car back, mm-hmm. right? Um, his answer to that would be, would be, I never, under any circumstances, take the car back. Mm-hmm. I will trade you out of the car, yep. but I will never take ownership mm-hmm. of what you say happened or why it is because it's never 100% the truth. And he goes, so if I take the car back, you then tell everybody that you got me to take the car back right. because we were wrong. Right. If I don't let you make take the car back. You still tell people that I did all this stuff wrong, yep. but I still have the car deal. Right. And then if you trade it in, right, half of those people don't talk about it. The other half still might talk about it. Yeah. But you still have a deal. You have two deals now. Yeah. So um, I learned from him that, that that's how you if, – if you're in the business, you have to keep that mindset. Yeah. And um, that's the way I did it. Um, some people don't like that. I, I have taken cars back. I will continue to take some cars back. Um, it, it is one of those situations where, at the end of the day, I want you to like your car, and I want you to be happy you made the purchase from us. If you're not, I'm going to do everything in my power to rectify it, but sometimes you can't. No matter what I do, no sometimes what you I do. can literally give people a car sometimes, and they would not be happy. We've all said this for years. The people that pay the highest profit are the happiest, happiest customers. People. The guy that just paid $50,000 over MSRP for a new Z06 Corvette is the happiest guy in the world because he got the car he wanted, the money is irrelevant. Okay? Well, um, I, I I learned uh, a long time ago that it was okay to make X amount of dollars because of m- who you, like me, right? Yeah. So 
um, the reason why the people that is a true statement that that pay the most are the happiest is because the service they get afterwards. So if I make if I do a deal with somebody and I make money and it's worth my time because to me. I wanted to work literally off of my hourly rate, right. how much I made yep. when I was inside the, the dealership. Yeah. And um, I, I prided myself on not being there. Yeah. You, can, uh, you can attest oh, to yeah, that. No, the I, I, the I, best salespeople aren't there all the time. Yeah, they don't I, have to be. I wanted to make the most money. Right. Well, those people, when they, they didn't call the dealership for an oil they change. Called you. They called me, and right. I scheduled their oil change. I, I didn't go ask the desk for a loaner car. Right. I got the loaner car. Yeah. Um, You're I, their I, guy. I'm their guy. Everybody wants a guy. Well, and, and they're willing to pay for it. And, and yeah, of course. And then they send people. Right. I learned a real valuable lesson when I first started in the car business. Um, I was really struggling because a customer just wouldn't come around. They were real upset. And my GM, I was talking to him about, he's one of my mentors. And he said, Mike, what was the last bad meal you had? And I said, and I told him, this is 25 years ago. And, and I described it to him in 10 minute long, drawn out, why I was so upset. And he said, How much did you spend on that meal? And I said, oh, it was like 60 bucks, right? Whatever. He said, you're that mad about something that happened two years ago over $60. Now, imagine you bought a $25,000, $30,000 car and had a bad experience. How mad yeah, would you be? Yeah. That put it in perspective for me. So, you, and, you know, and you know this from being at the dealership. It used to be, and you probably are this way because I'm this way, once something comes into me, it's mine. Like, I'm going to see it through, and I'm going to get it finished. And if I don't do it personally, you're going to go to the person that I would hand my own family member to in the dealership because we all have those guys. I have my guy in service that's that guy. I have my guy in parts that's that guy. I have a guy inside the dealership. I have my guys. If I need something in the office, I have my girl that I get. Yeah. I, I have my person. So you want to be that as a, as, a, as a salesperson to whatever. The problem you have now is is in a dealership, you got eight or nine people touching every deal. I mean, we at our store, we have a guy who delivers every new car and goes through all the tech. That way, nothing's missed. So the last person that most of my customers have the biggest impression with is not the person that sold them the car. And on paper, and you'll probably be sitting here thinking, man, I wouldn't want to be that if I was the salesperson, because you want to own that person. You want to know when that person leaves, they know you. They're still going to see you before they leave, but they just spent an hour with the guy that went through all the tech, and they think that guy's the greatest guy in the world. Mm -hmm. Guess how many people come back and ask for that guy to buy cars? You'd think it'd be a lot. It's none, mm -hmm. because all my salespeople are good enough to go, hey, here's how we do things here. It's an experience. Instead of me doing, remember the th three C delivery? Yeah. See your car, see your keys, see you later. That happened forever. We, we have a guy now that his whole day is revolved around scheduling people to do deliveries. That's his job, and he still sells cars. Well, um, so we do some different things like that that make the experience better. You guys do a good job um, of interacting and uh, staying in front of and part of your customers' lives. Up. There. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You you do like um, you guys do a, a Christmas. Um, Secret families. Event. Secret families. And do you shut the store down on a Saturday? Pretty much. I mean, we are still open for business, but come and try to buy a car on that day. It's laughable. You can't get near the dealership. How it looks like there's a couple hundred people. Uh, for fire marshal purposes, there is the exact limit that we are legally allowed to have in our store. <laughs> That's the number. Well, it's impressive. Uh, and so what is the program? So what we do, we do a Christmas charity with a, with a company called Secret Families. Um, a great guy named Al Holdren. Uh, big figure in Muncie. Everybody knows Big Al. Um, some years ago, he, he had, his daughters had some kids in school that were not going to be able to have a Christmas, um, just, you know, for financial purposes. And him and his wife just said, you know, this is unacceptable. And they went out and basically spent about $500 on this family 
and in their family room, wrapped all the presents, bought them a tree, and then took it to that family. And in about a 10 years time, that has went from one family to at our store alone in one day, we spend uh, over a quarter of a million dollars on Christmases for families. About 250 families is what we do every year. And we spend about $600 per family to do it. Um, And then this is actually, my owner, you know, has been up and seen this in person. Um, They now do it at our other stores. They do one here in Hamilton County now um, that Al helps organize. And we even do them down in Kentucky at some of our other stores. Um, And it's just, it's, you know, I'm a big, I love helping people and donating to charity. I I love it. I have the income to do it. But nothing is more frustrating when you hand somebody a check and you don't know where that money went. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I sponsor a couple families every year, typically. It's $550 a family. But when you see that $550, it literally goes across the street to Meyer, buys everything they need, that comes back to our store and is wrapped by volunteers that then goes into a van we provide to that person's house in Muncie. All right. Well, um, so people can can pay and, and, and yes. get a family. Y- you can sponsor as many sponsor families family. as you like. Um, t- typically, every year we sell five or six cars that day. And usually half of those people end up writing you a separate check and sponsoring a family on the spot okay. out of nowhere. Um, that charity has provided jobs for customers. We had a, a situation a year or so ago. You know, you walk into some of these houses, and it is the worst scenario you've ever walked into. I mean, poor people, bad situations, you know, just bad. Bad. You see kids, you know, kids dirty. It's no really place. about the kids because it, it's it irrelevant what, what, of what maybe. 100%. The, it's all about the it's kids. It's all about it. And, and you know, you, you go to these people's houses. Well, you know, we have a saying. My GM has a great saying. He says, you know, it costs nothing to be clean. And when you walk into some of these houses, you don't want to be in them. They're that dirty. Yeah. But, you know, we walked into a house uh, a couple of years ago, and it was nice. It was cleaned up. I mean, it was this was a nice house. And we start talking to the guy, and we're like, man, what happened? He says, man, I'm in construction. I lost my job. I'm a carpenter. The housing market was bad. So happened that one of the biggest donors on the board of directors of this charity is a cons- big construction company in, in Muncie. We went back and told him. He said, get the guy here. And we got him a, basically talking to that guy and got him a job on the spot. Guy was working. That's it's impressive. It's, it's impressive. That's so what it's about. Um, this is a, a a good pause for why we are here. And um, the Carjacks podcast is sponsored by Carsnoop. Yeah. And what what we do at Carsnoop is um, one thing we pride ourselves on is the the over two hundred deals that we've done. Um, we have a hundred percent CSI. Yeah. Did you know that? I did not. And the reason why is because the people aren't reviewing the dealership. Yeah. They're reviewing their experience. Through you, yeah. And um, they're so happy with how we do it, which is just take the stresses out of it. And um, it's people who, honestly, you'd never get anyway. They're so they, – they don't want to go through it. They'll yeah. just keep their car. Right. Um, they'll buy it from somebody else. Um, and, and we take the stress out of it. And – um, we found that um, they're so happy. Like I said, they give absolutely zero, a hundred percent because they talk to us. We let them know about the survey on behalf of the dealer, yeah. and they give a, a that. So, well, we talked in the previous episode. You know, in my opinion, it's just a number, but twenty five percent of dealers are doing you know stupid things. They're just exactly. doing things they shouldn't be doing. Those are the reason companies like you exist. Okay, let's be honest. So now you have to, you know, I mean, I can sit here and tell you all the nonsense that can happen in a dealership. The best saying I ever heard is most people buy a car four or five times, you know, four, every four or five years. 
we do it 15, 20 times a day. Who do you think has the advantage if they yeah. want to do something stupid? Yeah. There is that customer, no matter what you do, they're smart. You're not, you can't get over on them. Um, I don't want to get over on anybody. The problem is people come in with that preconceived notion. So you have to, you have to be better than those places and do things the right way, or you're not going to sell that person a car. Well, and we can also attest that with our deals, um, on average, our deals are um, make more money yeah. for the dealer. A yeah. couple reasons why. Um, we are 100% back-end product. Mm -hmm. we, we, the, the key to somebody happy during their car business is when, how long it's under warranty. Yep. Peace of mind, sure. right? So we, I 100% believe in those. Mm -hmm. And tire and wheel, yeah. I, I've had it, I've used it, it's paid for itself. Yeah. I believe in the product. And so we um, pitch those items beforehand. Yeah. Chris, you, you were looking at it and we were well over 70% of back-end penetration mm -hmm. because the people are so happy with, they found the car, they got their the trade amount well, they wanted. They're taking your advice. I mean, it's sound yeah. advice. And they want to be protected just like we want them to be protected. I right. mean, and, and it's what you've done so well is yeah. you, you make them, you know, once you get past all the, the bullshit, I mean, hey, really, we're protecting your $90,000 car. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it really is good. No matter what the perception is, oh, they're, I'm going to go in there and then they're going to, you know, stick me up and uh -huh. I'm going to give you the best warranty close for the person that comes in and says, you know, again, I've always said if the, if I went off what a salesman told me the customer <laughs> was going to do, I'd be broke. Yeah. Okay. So I don't listen to that. You know how I, I, know, I don't dude. even care. I they know. come in there telling me the long story. I don't even look at them. Straight up, bro. I, I don't I, care. Of course, I, I, the 350 payment, I've moved them to 550, oh. 600, right? Yeah. And I think it's the end of the world. You know, I've done everything I can. I moved them $300, Mike. There's yep. not a Double. dime left. Right. And they come out at 803. It happens <laughs> every day. And, you know, I, it's funny because, you know, we, we live and die by that. But And it's funny because, and I've done this in front of sales. If you've talked about some of the funny things. I mean, I'll say anything. You know, I, yeah. I have a good time. Yeah, we do. But I will say this. You know, when a customer comes in, I've got, and I'll tell the guys, if anybody's listening, welcome to use this close. But you got to do it the right way. Somebody's sitting across from me, and they've said, nope, I'm not going to buy a warranty. I'm not going to buy a warranty. I said, that's fine. It's my job just to show you the options. So warranties were free today, so we'll move on since you don't want that. And one out of two people goes, what'd you say? And I said, nothing. We're moving on. He goes, no, no, no. You said something about the warranty's free. And I said, oh, well, yeah, it's free, but you didn't want it. So, well, wait a minute. I said, ah, now we're just talking about price. It's not a matter of whether you want the warranty or not. You just don't want to pay for it. So I haven't even told you how much it costs yet. Let me show you what you get. For they always buy the warranty. They're, the other person that doesn't miss a beat, they're not going to buy it. So if you say that to somebody and they don't go, no, well, what'd you say there? Something about free? You have no chance of selling that person. So move on. Go to the next uh -huh. thing. But when somebody says, no, wait a minute, you said it was free. Well, of course it's not free. You know, and you make it a joke and they laugh a little bit. So now we're just talking about price. Okay. So those are the kind of things I do that if you're not going to have fun with, you know, I've traded people out of stuff. I'll tell you this story. It's, kind of, it's, a, it's a legend at my store. But we had this guy come in, straight up Crocodile Dundee. If you're from the 80s, you know this movie. It was on the other night. I was advertising it was on. This guy walks in, straight up, wolf scene on his shirt. <laughs> um, some kind of, you know, Indiana Jones looking vest with guaranteed three knives on him that I couldn't see. Um, and a hat with, I later found out, were wolf teeth from a wolf he had killed. 
And as this guy went into the office, somebody said, I'll bet you, you can't get that hat from the guy, which is really them saying, I want you to get this hat because I know you will. So I'm talking with this guy and I said, look, I got to be honest with you. I got to have that hat. And he just looked at me and he goes, I cannot give you this hat. I go, I'm getting the hat. What do we need to do to make this happen? And he asked why I wanted it. I said, I want the, I want the wolf. Te- I want to walk around with a crown of wolf teeth on my head. <laughs> and you know what he did? He took the hat off, ripped the wolf teeth off, gave them to me. And it's, it's, like, a, it's like literally a crown of thorns. That's what it looks like. It's in my office. On my, it's sitting there for all to see. And every once in a while that gets put on. Because if you can't have that kind of fun at a store, what yeah. can you have? So we had a lot of fun. You, if you're not having fun in a car dealership, you have missed the point of being in that business. Have I ever told you about the um, finger your ass too much clothes? Yes. Yes. Chris, have you heard that song? No. The finger your ass too much? No. So I, I really don't know where I learned it. Um, I can't it's remember old school the stuff, person, yeah. right? I mean, because I'm, I'm old school because I'm Jackie Cooper. Yeah. Okay, I'm Jackie Cooper. Dude, I went to Ryan Finance School. <laughs> Not resource. I went to Ryan School. Well, anybody that's been in the business uh, and you know what Ryan School is, we can talk. Well, so um, I'm, a, I'm a used car manager and um, at Bird Ford, God bless, um, rest in peace, Rich Bird. Um, and I have a female salesperson and I have um, a, a customer that's being extremely mean, rude, crude. Yeah. You know the guy, the oh, guy yeah. that deserves his ass beat. Yeah. Right. I mean, completely unprofessional, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's just a dick. And I am a bull in the china shop. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I am really good at t- throwing you out as well. Yeah. Okay. So um, I have to go out there and I'm going to have my first interaction with this guy. And I, I have been told about the finger ass too much. Mm-hmm clothes but i've never utilized the finger your ass too much clothes okay so i go out there and i sit down and the guy's immediately like you know a, a, a prick yeah you know red face standing up all that kind of shit mm-hmm. you know yelling whatever and um i said to him if it's you know jim whatever his name was oh i don't know hey jim i mean do you finger your ass too much yeah and he's like what did you say and i go you finger your ass too much he goes, what did you say to me? You can't talk to me like that. I said, do you figure that we're asking too much for the car, Jim? And his face is just like, and I go, what do you think I said? Yeah, he doesn't want to admit that he. He's yeah. not going to admit that he heard finger his ass too much, you know. <laughs> and he sets down. And I sell the guy a car. And, and it's, 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 my, it's my all-time – and I let, and I told people, yeah. I said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask the guy if he fingers his ass too much. Yeah. And they're like, no, you won't. And I said, yeah, I am. Sometimes, <laughs> you, sometimes you have to say things that would never work in a real – but you, you have to do something to break the ice. You know what? I was at a tent sale a couple of years ago. It was one of our first tent sales we had. And I had a customer in my office who – I mean – for all intent purposes, for them to not buy the car would have been the worst decision they've ever made in their life. They were getting out of a really bad situation. They were lowering their payment by like two hundred dollars. How many times can you do that today? Yeah. Ever? Um, it just—they were in a financial issue, and it—I mean, we literally did everything we could to try to help this person, and they just weren't going to say n- yes, no matter what. And you know, I figured they're out of the tent sale. It's a thousand degrees. Bring them out here in my air-conditioned bunker, and let's talk to them. Yeah. 
And the salesman uh, is probably one of my best salesmen, and he's awesome, Mickey Rogers. Shout out to Mickey. He's awesome. Mickey Rogers. You know, I started with Mickey Rogers. Did you know that? Yes. He's a legend. My very first job was at Peyton Wells. You know how you'll know if somebody knows Mickey? Say, have you ever heard him laugh? And if they don't see, you're smiling. (laughs) That's how you know Mickey. If someone doesn't do that when I mention Mickey, they don't know Mickey. Anyways. um, Yeah. He is is an Indiana, Central Indiana legend. Legend. So anyways, Mickey's in there in the bunker going, Mike, I know you're getting this this person really close. And they sat down, and it just totally came off the top of my head. And I looked at this person, I said, look, everything you've done to this point in your life has put you in the financial shape you're in. Why don't you let somebody that knows a little bit more about it make a decision for you? And I saw Mickey gasp. Like, he sat up, like, oh, my God. I said, you're going to talk to this guy? And the guy goes, you're right. <laughs> and that was it. Because it, it made sense. He's like, you're right. Every decision I make has put me in worse shape. I'm going to listen to somebody else. And Mickey looked at me and goes, how did you say that to the guy without offending? Because he knows he's going to he, – He knows he makes bad decisions. Dude, remember that guy that we dealt with um, with Walter and the guy had like a million dollars in revolving debt? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll never forget. I mean, Remember and, that? Yeah, exactly. A million dollars in revolving debt on his credit card. Like it was clockwork. Like just that's what it is. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> but, I mean, the things that happen in a dealership, I mean, you can get got so bad in a dealership if you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's not from one – it's not like, well, they're going to get me on my trade. Trust me, if you don't have a trade, you can get God. Yeah. Extremely hard. It's dealing with dealers or dealing with a company like yours who deals with dealers who don't do that stuff. That has to, People have to do their research to the point of, look, they're a business. They're not the Salvation Army. They're not doing it for free. But they're not going to get over on me. Well, they're not gouging me. The they're people not, you know, that we're bringing to you yeah. are the people who had a really bad experience yes, right. at another Toyota store. Yeah. And they're like, I'm never doing that ever again, right? I'm never stepping foot in one, one of the – right? Because they think they're all the same. How many times have you started a transaction where the person says, now, look, I'm just going to tell you right out of the gate. If I can't get gap insurance on this car, I'm not buying the car. <laughs> I already know their whole story. Yeah. You got burnt. You didn't have it. You weren't offered it. They didn't think you wanted it. I don't make any decisions for God. I don't care what they buy. Yeah, and that's a good thing about us because we don't care what somebody I don't care. buys. It's the first time in my life that it's a relevant to us what kind of car you buy, yeah. where you buy it from, and it shouldn't. And, and that's what we do. We have we have delivered cars through a dealership that, after the fact, the customer said, "I would have n- never bought the car because I had a bad experience at that dealership." Yeah. And so we delivered a car to a store that never would have got the person. Goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's a hundred percent relationship. Yeah. So they got that experience because of your relationship with that dealer. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. It's a relationship business. Well, the, the, what we do, like, see, um, w- one thing that is real is the the experience that Carvana sold people. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it, that will that. That is real. People want to purchase cars that way. Carvana, what they're dumb at is acting like they're going to be able to do all the other stuff that right. dealerships do. Here's, here's the big thing, what you just said there. Everybody wants to buy a car like that until they need something. Well, here's the thing. Nobody wants to buy a car from it's Walmart. More about, yeah. It's more about the – listen, a, good, a dealership with a good office yeah. okay, is – Makes or break them. 100%. Okay? So um, that's why th- I always was friends with the girls in the oh, office. I learned that be. early. You better I be. took care of the girls in the yeah. office, right? But if the office is shitty, so – You're it, dead. The, the store is going to close, yeah, right? you're dead. Well, Carvana 
Mm-hmm. They're Think terrible. Th- they have no office. And not only that, th- look at the title issues they have. Oh they've my been God, ban- They've lost their licenses in states. Uh, in many states. Th- so they can't do the logistics. What we, what we realized is people want the experience of Carvana and are willing to pay for it, and they do that through us. Mm-hmm. What we give them is, and what we understand is, we let the dealerships do what they do best, yeah. which is deliver the car and handle all the legal part. The logistics, right. Right? And right. we only deal with dealers that earn it do the deal yeah. th- th- do those things yeah and um and so it, it's it's why we do what we do and we love bringing customers to dealers that wouldn't get it we, chris we just did one and the, and the guy knew he wasn't going to ever see the customer yeah it was probably an hour away from where he lived and you know they were it was their wedding anniversary they were going out and it was on a Saturday. They just didn't have the time to. I'll tell you a really funny story, and this is, I've never had this happen before, and I've been at this a long time. We had a guy come in yesterday, and he totally ambushed us. This guy closed me. This older guy walked in and goes, yeah, can I talk to your, your general manager? You know, and, of course, you try to fade that. You don't want to you know, let him <laughs> get back there. If you, and too late. He was already on his way. And, you know, out comes our GM to talk to him. And this guy said, here, let me tell you what I want you to do. I got this car down in Florida I want you to buy and bring up here, and then I'm going to pay you some profit. Now, I'm not going to pay you much profit, but what I am going to do is I'm going to send you everybody I know. I'm going to come to your service department. I'm going to buy a warranty from you. I'm like, okay, this guy sold me. So if you're walking into a, a, to a person that con- they were reaching out to you, this guy reached out to us. The reason he reached out, he had looked around. He had been told, if you're going to do a car, you go to these guys because they do it the right way. Yeah. He was buying our process. You sure. know, look back at the McDonald's story. They didn't get rich by making the best hamburgers. They, quite frankly, their food's not very good. But they became a landlord and logistics. Well, they were genius. Well, from the guy that saw it, yeah. you know, he th- put you it ever watch that? You ever watch that it's show? Amazing. He left those guys behind, Boom. and what and what they're they be worth like six billion dollars. Yeah, and they came to him and said, "You can't do this." And he goes, "What are you? They're two I, separate I, I entities." Already, I already did it. It's the island of land. Done. Yeah, it's done. You know, and that's the thing people just don't understand. You you have to deal with the dealer who is into it for the long run. If you go into a dealership and every time you go in, there's 25 new people, that's not a place you want to be. Yeah. I've, been, I've been at my store 11 years, and I'm still one of the youngest managers there as far as tenure. How crazy is that in the car business? We just put a post out the other day we're really proud of. They say the uh, the turnover rate in the car business is like upwards of 70% right now, year to year. Ours was 8% last year. No one leaves. Listen, I have. No one leaves. I, without mentioning any names, it doesn't matter. Um, you work for a fantastic guy. Yeah. Your owner, I don't know, awesome. but I, but from what He's I've heard, fantastic. it's nothing but good. Because w- you know the bad ones. We all know the bad ones. Let me tell you something. They would have to dynamite me out of the store. It's that good. Yeah. So you're in a good spot, and um, your GM is fantastic, dude. Great. Fantastic. He, I mean, he, he's the county guy with me. You know. Yeah. We're okay. Madison County. Yeah. Great people. I mean. We're kind of the super friends of stores. We always <laughs> joke about that, but we all have like had these great careers, and now we're all in the same place. I mean, oh we literally God. have an Avengers cast at my store. Well, people. and I'll go back to where we worked. Um, you know, I, I think there's a nucleus of guys that I w- we worked with yeah. at that dealership, and if you think about where they all are mm-hmm. and doing, they're all doing great things. Yeah, they're either in high management or they are out of the business altogether because they're able to. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I mean, nobody yeah. is still winging it, hanging around. You know, n- that's gone. Well, for people out there listening, uh, some of these people listening that w- th- are people that I'm talking about because um, we used to do like meals. Oh yeah. And epic meals and um, Brian Coop. Um, so yeah. we went to a little Divi's, uh, 
And when they got that bill, they they like to throw. So out. it was. They uh, never let Deshaun Putts and I make uh, <laughs> orders again because well, it was really De- it was Deshaun's uh, first wife. Yes. That, that her was. and my wife were dialing it up. It was glorious, and I knew what was coming. And those. So the bill the bill was like four grand. Yeah. Um, and a young Brian Coop, who by the way. Finished was he number no he was number two number two he got he yeah, lost two. to an import store salesman did you know that Brian Coop was the number two salesperson in 2022 for the Ed Martin Group that's crazy dude yeah. the the guy is selling three for him, four man. he is killing that's it. awesome good for him and um but Brian was young yeah and Brian went to to one of our big big dog meals yeah um with us for his first time with his brand new wife yes. Who he's still married to, and they have like um, I think they have a hockey team or something, or a okay. basket, a whole basketball team. Yeah, they got kids. Yeah, they they got have twenty-seven or twenty-six kids. Yeah, um, and uh, so we eat this meal, and, and all this food is getting ordered, and Coop leans across the desk, the table from me, and he goes, "Hey man, how much is this? Yeah, how, what's this going to be? This, this is pil- bad news for him. Yeah. be? I'm like, dude, it, it, who cares? It's going to be big. Don't worry about it." Yeah, I, I goes. I'm like, seriously, dude. Is it, yeah, I don't. Is it gonna it. Be, I got it. Is it gonna be more like a hundred bucks? <laughs> I'm like, it's gonna be way more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, the tip, your portion of the tip is gonna be more so. Than as, it, as, it, as it keeps getting ordered, we're ordering more. He's getting wider and wider as yeah. it goes. And I just and I finally like like, dude, don't worry about it. We'll you know, handle, yeah. we'll handle it. You yeah. know, he now he could buy us all. Yeah, he could buy yeah. us all. Yeah. yeah, that's the biggest. I mean, I have so many people that have been salespeople for me that are now in management. I've I've got a couple guys that I trained that now have parts of stores. Yeah, and that's fantastic. That's what you want. Yeah, you know? I, I cherish I cherish the guys that um you know it, it, with, without saying anything to be comparable to a military yeah. relationship. Yeah. I'm sure every industry has these types of feelings if you're really in it. Right? Yeah, because I'm a lifer. We're li- we're all lifers. Yeah, that's all I got. It, you know, so the the relationships of the thousands of people that yeah. I've worked with. At the size of store that I was at, right? So the the, mm-hmm. the moot turnovers and yeah. whatnot, thousands of people. You know, I, you know, you literally have a handful that you communicate with that you're willing to refer people to yeah. and trust. And um, because there's a whole lot of people in this industry that you can't trust. A hundred percent. I mean, it. What's some? Of, give, give me the. Uh, let, let's kind of slow this down and close yeah. us out. Give me if you had to have the one of the top moments that you witnessed taking place like in front of you at a car dealership, like just, Oh my God. I mean, there, (laughs) I'll tell this story because when I first got in the car business, okay. I mean, it was the wild west 20 years ago. There was no CSI. I mean, it was wild, right? My first week in the business, I'm, I'm doing a tent sale, right? So we're out there and we're setting up the tent and I have a new GM who come from a mat. He's still in the business. He owns a store. Now he's an absolute hammer. But this guy was as high strung as you got. I mean, he, he was either in the best mood ever or the worst mood ever. And if he was in the worst mood ever, you ran the other way. <laughs> and we were setting up for the tent sale. God, I'm sitting here like my racking my brain. So we're setting up for this tent sale and, you know, we're hanging the curtains, you know, of the tent, you know, so it's got some coverage. And one of our genius salespeople, he's an absolute idiot. I won't mention his name, but I would still in business. If he is, I feel bad for the business. But anyways, this guy thought it would be a great idea to open up a couple cars right by the tent and turn the radios on to have a little sound. Not a bad idea. 
at the time, my GM's having a real hard time getting the modem hooked up. We have IT teams. Sure. You know, we're setting up our own modem. I remember. And he can't get this modem set up, and these very nice Asian people who did not speak much English get in this Nissan Xterra, and they crank the radio. And I hear my GM out of the corner of my eye go, hey, hey, get those motherfuckers out of that car. And he takes the modem that's, I mean, I'm talking a modem from 1999, <laughs> and throws it at this Xterra, and it hits the side of the Xterra and explodes. <laughs> and about this time, the GM of all the stores is standing there going, hey, babe, what's going on? You having a tough morning? Just egging him on. And I'm getting these people, oh, come with me. Let me, let me get you out of this out of this car and come over here. Well, that's not the best part. So this whole tent sale, this is how it begins for me. It's my first real day in the this, car business. This is the way every tent sale starts. Yeah. So <laughs> we go all week, and of course, me, I've never sold a car before this week. I end up number two for the week. So I'm like, I just figured out what I'm doing for the rest of my life. I called my wife and said, I've, I've figured out what I'm doing for the rest of my life. I was making, two weeks prior to that, I was making $800 every two weeks as a kitchen manager in a restaurant in Bloomington as a college kid. I made four grand in a week. Sure. So now you go, oh, I now know what I'm doing for the rest yeah, of my this life. Wor this works. Yeah, this will do. So anyways, the week's over. And I feel like, uh, I mean, I'm riding high. I am on cloud nine. <clears throat> and we go to a, uh, how can I say this, a bar. Only in this bar, there are things happening that, sure, you yeah. know, are not a normal bar. Sure. <laughs> and we're there. We close it down. Now, this is on the south side of India, and I live in Carmel at the time. And my GM also lives in Carmel. And we had traded for an Infinity Q45, which back in the day, you could not talk to somebody in a car like that. It might as well have been a Maybach. I mean, it was the baddest <laughs> car that ever walked the earth. Big V8, and we're driving home, and I'm in a convertible SS Camaro that I own, and he's in front of me, and he's swerving all over the road, right? <clears throat> and I pull up beside him, and it's me and my buddy, uh, who's not in the car business anymore. He's one of my best friends in the world. He's normal. He's like 6'8", 350. He's the biggest human being you've ever seen. And I said, hey, uh, I said his name. I said, uh, man, you're swerving awful bad. Are you okay to drive the rest of the way home? I'll follow you. And he goes, swerving? You want to see swerving, baby? Watch this. He goes, whoa, and takes off and is going like this with the wheel, you know, turn, and the whole car is rocking. He loses control, goes up on the median, like a median curb, and the car is like destroyed. And it's, it's high centered, so the wheels are just spinning, and it's not touching the ground. And I pull up, and I'm, oh, my God, dude, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? And I go, you got to get out of this car. <laughs> He hops in my car, and I take him home, and it's 4 in the morning. I have to be back in Greenwood at 9. So I wake up. I'm a mess, and I drive, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is going to be a rough day. I go in, and this person is sitting at his desk, full suit, like nothing happened. <laughs> and I walk up, and I said, um, hey, man, about last night <laughs> with, that, with that car. And he goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He goes, don't ever bring that car up to me ever again <laughs> and that's the last i ever heard of that car we were together a couple weekends ago watching a football game and i go hey man whatever happened to that car? and he goes i don't know what you're talking about what car <laughs> <laughs> he was so committed that it never hey happened. And, and there's a lot of hey when you go all in in the car business brother i've never seen a business like i mean you're just it's the greatest it's the greatest business there's not um, another business you can make the kind of money at essentially have no formal education but what you do have to be is you, you have to be straight up with people. 
you you got to be that you have to work like people you gotta think work, it's easy. Man. you got to work you got to work i mean um the, the follow up is real the b- relationship building is real i've got guys that are taking internet leads at midnight on a saturday yeah. cuz they're up and they're c- and they're selling cars yeah that, that, that's that's the people that succeed the people that come in and go yeah i sold cars for a few years and Man, you just sit around and watch the door. Now, nah, man, they, they yeah. feed all the one people. The there. ones that are all out with the yeah, curb they, together. They, they give me, they give that one guy all the leads. That's why he sells all the cars. It's not. Well, it's I'm going to close real quick with just a real quick um, tent sale story since we're on tent sales. Yeah. I mean, Chris, if you have one, you could throw one in. But so um, I am new to the car business, and um, I'm at Peyton Wells, and we're doing a tent sale um, up at the Mounds Mall. Mm-hmm. And. Um, my used car manager, God rest his soul, was Willard Troutman. I know who that is. And um, Willard um, is a legend. Yep. And him and Mickey were uh, extremely close. Th- Titus brothers. Yeah. And uh, I love Willard Troutman. Yep. And, uh, you know, um, he and I, every time we saw each other, um, we would talk and whatnot. But it's raining. And uh, we're setting under the tent or up inside the trailer or whatever. And it's raining. And a guy pulls up on a bicycle. Mm. And Willard says, um, go out there and sell that guy a car. I'll give you 500 bucks. Yeah, because no one's ever sold a guy that rolls up on a bike. Yeah, so Never he's, he's on a bicycle. Yeah. And um, I, I go out there. It's raining. I, everybody else is laughing, you know, and I got to go out. This guy's walking around this used S10, mm-hmm. you know, and it's raining. It's not just sprinkling, you know. So it. I'm out there, and he's on a bike, and he has a backpack, and um, he's like, how much for the this, this, <laughs> this S10 or whatever? And I'm like. Look at my sheet, you know, and it was like eight grand or something. It was used and it was rusty a little bit or whatnot. And it wasn't that big a deal. And I was like, he's like, okay, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you want to drive or anything? He's like, no, I'll take it for ten grand. Okay, you know. So I go in. I'm like, Willard, this guy, he'll take it. He's gonna buy it. He's gonna pay cash for it. He's like, what? You know, I was. It was like thirty seconds. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So first of all, I got my five hundred bucks. Second of all, um. The guy was willing to take it, so it was real quick. It, of course, it was raining. It's during the middle of the week. It's not a weekend yet, so there's no one there. In and out, you know, yeah. 30 minutes. The guy's gone. Throws his bike in the bed of the truck. Off he goes. And leaves. Okay? I am relishing in the fact that, um, you know, I probably I, – I remember I made good money. Plus, I got Willard's 500 yeah. bucks, and he right. gave it to me. Right. Right? Couldn't believe it. Cops show up <laughs> and um, ask us – have we seen this guy? And we're like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, um, he robbed a ga- gas station down the street yeah. <laughs> on a bicycle and then showed up down here and Saw bought a nest. Right. <laughs> so that's I, I sold a car yeah. to a guy that robbed a, a gas station um, on a bicycle. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's all out there. I mean, the car business is, is wild. Yeah. Wild. So um, you have any you have any? Have you done a test sale? I, a real one? I've, no, I've done a shit show of one, and I oh. haven't done oh. anything else. But let me let me tell you this: the craziest shit that's happened to me is I get a customer, and I'm sure he was had good intentions at the very beginning. Um, come in for a test drive, and I am I'm I'm pretty new at that point, so I was like. You know, you get a bad feeling. I'm like, I'm not going on a test drive yeah. with with this guy. I mean, I had every red flag going off that I could ever imagine. Not being in the business very long, but still in human life. You're street smart. You know, yes. You know. yeah, you're yeah, street you know. smart. Yep. Spidey I'm not sense. going on it. You're going on a test drive. 
I'm not going on. Finally, I got so pissed because they're telling me, oh, you know, scared to go on a test drive. I get in the car with this guy. He's like, okay, we're going we're gonna to bend a couple corners and then we'll come back. I said, okay, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing the route. Okay, let's take a, let's take a right here. Okay, missed that right. Okay, let's, let's go back. Okay, he kept missing. He kept missing uh, turns. End up at a house where he goes in and, and purchases some illegal drugs, and he like, comes back, and he's like, uh, "Thanks," and I said, uh, "Thanks for." He's like, "I just needed to get yeah, over here." Right. Yeah. Well, how many times have you lent a truck out on the weekend? You know they're moving. I mean, they have no intention yeah. of buying the car. They just need to borrow well, a truck for the weekend. So I'm going to go. Since this is a true story, I'm going to throw one more story out there. Um, I am at Peyton Wells. And I take an up right before closing time on a, like a Friday, mm-hmm. and a guy, I like the car, I like the numbers, um, gives his driver's license, um, signs a loaner agreement, mm-hmm. and um, I'll be back tomorrow, right? And it was approved and everything. Um, no, he, no, went on test drive, um, taking it to see his wife, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't want to go, right? Never came back. Yeah, never comes back. Never came back, right? Yeah. So we're waiting, 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 never comes back, not answering the phone, um, waiting, 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 doesn't close. Next day, same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Next day, same thing. It's Saturday now, and never came back, no call, car's stolen. Yeah. Right? So now Monday, we're going to report it stolen. Um, Come in Monday, and the car is there, um, the keys are in the drop box, Um, his... The plates on it, everything. Yeah. Right? And um, we call the police. Well, there was receipts in the car for gas from here to Orlando and back. Wow. So the dude, and come to find out, the guy had to go pick somebody up in Orlando. Just wanted to use his park hopper. In the state of Indiana, (laughs) if you hand them the keys and you hand them the plate. They're borrowing it. It's like 72 hours. They're borrowing it. So the guy had it back. There was nothing we can do. It had like 2,200 miles on it, and it was just a free rental car. You know, I'll tell you the last, and I'll end it with this, and this is kind of a dark story, but this is how wild the, the car business gets. When I first started years ago, Southside Indy, it's a big dealer group that's still there. I won't name any names, but they had a deal with um, uh, one of the local uh, sports teams, okay? And they had the coaches in cars. And they had this one coach who called us one day out of the blue and said, hey, I need to come up and switch cars. Um, I need a different car. Okay. Guy comes up. I'm like, that's weird. It's never happened before. Guy walks in and comes up and goes up to the owner's office and is talking to him because they're friends. And my sales guy walks through the door, and I'm sitting up at the desk. And I've never – you know you, you see somebody with a look of horror on their face? This was horror. It wasn't I'm scared or confused. It was – he was pale white, looked like he was in a pile. I go, what is wrong? He goes – we need to call the cops. I'm like, pardon me, you have my attention now. He goes, there's there's blood all over the inside of this car. Okay. I walk out. He wasn't kidding. Not only was there blood, there were brain fragments all over the window. Somebody had been shot in this car, point blank range. And uh, I'm, I walk up to the owner's office, and he's like, I need you. Like, I'm, I'm motioning to him, like, 911, I need you. Comes walking, I goes, what's going on? I said, dude, something, somebody's been killed in this car or something bad has happened in this car. And I, this owner, I couldn't stand him, but he, he 
was really good with people. And he walked back in and he put his hand on my shoulder and he goes, why don't you tell me what happened with the car? And this guy, I'll never forget, this guy was a professional coach, looks up at at this owner, like it, like just like this, like it's nothing. He goes, oh, yeah, um, my wife was uh, was having an affair and I caught her. And I didn't go home first. I called and told her that I knew. And she went out in the garage and got in the car and shot herself. Holy shit. And this guy was in the mid-mental breakdown and didn't know what to do. So he said, I just have to go take the car back and get another one. Needless to say, that, that day ended very differently. And what's crazy about that is about a month later, September 11th happened. Mm. And we were sitting in the dealership, watch, and that's how long ago this was. And I'm just like, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah, man, the car and here, and here we are 20 years later, still in, I, I yeah. wouldn't do anything else. Well, hey, so. um, Mike, uh, thanks for coming, Anytime, bro. Anytime, yeah. Pleasure. Thanks for coming. It's yeah. been, um, it's been uh, fun. And I'm going to have you back. Okay. Um, and maybe we can talk about... Um, Scandals. Yeah, and maybe you know your customers ever have some questions. Maybe we can come on and answer some stuff. You know? Yeah, we have some. We can now take phone calls. Yeah. So we're gonna be able to take phone calls, and uh, so hey, listen. Li- if you're listening to us, like us, share us, tell your other car guys about us, please. Um, we have a Facebook page. We have a website. It's on Spotify, Pandora, and Anchor. So um, look for us out there. And um, thanks for listening to Car Jacks, and uh, we'll see you next time. Go buy a car. See you.